Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Matthew chapter 1. I want to begin a series today. Before I read from the text, I, I want to make sure you're connecting with what I believe the heart of this series I'll be teaching this month. I've entitled it, When Heaven Speaks. When Heaven Speaks. I, I have this sense as I prepare for this, as I'm studying, getting ready to share with you guys, for the Holy Spirit just impressing upon me that God wants me to remind you how close He is to you right now. Everything in life seems to make us feel distanced from God. Guilt will do that to you. The devil's called the accuser of the brethren. Did you know that? And you know what he loves to do is to tell you God doesn't love you. You haven't measured up. You're not good enough. You're all by yourself. I sense the Holy Spirit telling me to encourage you today in this series. I want you to get this, that God's closer than you think he is. That he's right here for you. I sense it this way. Heaven's leaning into you right now. God wants to speak to you during this season. He doesn't want you to be isolated. He doesn't want you to feel like you're, you're estranged from God, that you, you've been away. God wants to draw you. God wants to speak and be close to you. And so I'm praying that we begin to be aware of that in a new way. God wants to say some fresh things to your heart. God wants to encourage you in some brand new ways. And I really pray that as we have this time together, that you'll begin to do that. It's like your spiritual ears will come open, huh? Uh, that, that, that maybe, I, I don't know how you want to say it. You know, maybe if you've got, maybe if your spiritual hearing is a, is a hearing aid, you, I'm, I want to put a new battery in it today. All right. I want to turn the volume up today. I want you to hear that God's speaking to you, that he's personal and close and you're important to him. That's the sense of what, what I hear God wanting us to learn. So when heaven speaks, I, I, as I've studied and, and prayed and just gone over the, the, the accounts of the birth of Christ, uh, I was directed to the frequency of the angels speaking during this time. Angels were very prolific around the birth of Christ. They were very central in communicating God's purpose and His plans. And that's where I get this title, When Heaven Speaks. I believe that often God is speaking to us and we didn't hear it. That He's speaking and we missed it. That He's closer than we think He is. And so we're going to look at some angelic visitations, messages God brought to his people. I want us to be aware of that. We may not see an angel, but their activity is around us. We may not realize how close God is and how he wants to speak and talk to us. And we need to be aware of that. Uh, For some people, you talk about angels and, whoop, they're skeptic, you know. They begin to move away. We don't talk about angels all the time because uh, usually I find a couple of things happen. Either somebody gets afraid, oh, that's spooky to me, or they want to put too much emphasis on an angel. We never worship angels. We worship God. Angels are messengers, but they're real. And it's encouraging to know that God is with us. Do you know that every day for almost nine months, every day, you know that Phyllis and I have prayed for you? Psalm 91. And you know, right there in the center of that psalm that been prayed for you every day. How many are encouraged to know you've been prayed for and in this season somebody's standing with you? Let me tell you, in the center of that psalm, you know what it says? And he has given his angels charge 
over you. He's commanded his angels to lift you up in their hands, to guard you in all your ways so that you'll not trip and stumble and fall. Do you know that for the last nine months and long before I began to pray it, while you've been walking through what may be the toughest time of your life, do you know why you're here today and not somewhere else? Do you know why you made it through? Do you know why God brought you to the other side? Do you know why you saw it on your right hand and your left hand, but it didn't come on you? Because the angels of God have come to help you and encourage you. So, well, Pastor, I didn't see them. Well, you didn't have to see them. Whenever we're supposed to see them, we will see them. But I want you to be aware of the fact God loves you so much. You're so important. Hear what I'm saying. I mean this word intentionally. God's care for you is so supernatural that he's not limited to human beings to interact with your life. But God will touch you right where you are. That's encouraging to me. These angelic messengers. That's really what an, what an angel is. The, the biblical definition of the word angel is messenger. That's what angels are. They're messengers sent by God. What do they do? They assist those God is working with. They inform what God wants us to know. They make his purposes known. You see, surrounding the birth of Christ, it was so important. It was so powerful what was happening. It had never happened before. It's never going to happen again. God, supernaturally, through the work of the Holy Spirit, was going to limit himself into the womb of a virgin and she would conceive not by a man but by the Holy Spirit and birth the humanity that would clothe the deity of God for 33 years. Jesus was fully God while he was here yet he willingly limited his rights and abilities to live under the confines of our flesh. It was amazing. It was the only way a Savior could come. For you see, if Jesus was only a man, you and I wouldn't be saved today. If a man was willing to die for you, that would be brave and heroic, but that wouldn't save you and forgive our sins. And so the Bible says Jesus walked on this planet, humbled by our flesh, faced what we face, tempted like you're tempted, but knew how to overcome every one of those. And when he was nailed to the cross, it wasn't a man dying for us. God took our place on the cross. What a salvation. It had never happened before. It had never happened again. One time, the angels were a part of making that very clear. I love this. Uh, let, let, let me stop there and let's read beginning in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. And I'll go forward. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. This, this is where we begin to see the angelic activity surrounding the birth of Jesus. Verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were engaged. But before they came together, before they were physically intimate, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. It was a miracle. Let's be quite honest. Unprecedented. Unheard of. Hard to comprehend. It was something only God could do. Now what happens? Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. In the Jewish customs of the day, engagement was as binding as marriage. And if he were to break the engagement, you would go through the same process of literally dissolving a marriage. 
They were considered given and, and already husband and wife. The, the same illustration is used for the church in Christ. We're the bride of Christ. We're, he's going to come back for us someday. In heaven's economy, in the mind of God, heaven's perspective, we're already his. You understand that we're already the bride. We already belong to him. So this is the way we look at this, this covenant that was made in this, in this culture and the Jewish faith. They were they were connected already. And so in, in, in commitment and covenant. And so Joseph realizes, we'll come back to this in a moment, something's wrong. And so he says, I'm through, but I'm going to be quiet about it. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, now this is what an angel of the Lord. There are some times, I want you to hear me, that what God is about to do is so important, so strategic. It affects so many people that there will be no chance. God has a way of getting our attention. God has a way of speaking when we must hear what he said. And here an angel of the Lord. So an angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Joseph in a dream. and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So in this moment, God sent an angel. What was happening was so above Joseph's ability to comprehend. What was happening was so important, and yet humanly he couldn't get his head around it. There are going to be moments in your life and mine, I want you to hear me, where you're going to have to trust God. Or on the surface, at the moment, in the midst of something, it just doesn't seem to be the right thing. But God will talk to us in those moments. Now, let me, let me help you with this. As you read through the New Testament, and by the way, there are more angelic appearances in the New Testament than even the Old Testament. And when you study those, you're going to find there are two primary places you see angels going to work on this earth doing the will of God. They always surround the ministry of Jesus. As you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see the angels interacting with him on a regular basis and there to assist and there to inform. So anytime Jesus is coming, Jesus is close, his words being established, the angels of heaven are working in, in companion. The other place you see the angels of God working is when the church is being established. When the church is being built, when the church is heading into new territory, when the church is going into places where God's special hand is needed, can I tell you something that encourages me because the church has been in a really new year in 2020. The church has faced what it's never faced. I preached for 10 weeks in a row to nobody sitting in this building. We've done all kinds of things. We've never faced the challenges. People now can't come to church because of the coronavirus, but I'm going to tell you you something. I believe there's going to be a rebirth in the church. I believe God's going to come out of this stronger than we've ever been. I don't believe the church is going away. I believe we are rising up from 2020, and I believe the greatest virgin you've ever seen of the church is about to explode. 
And I'm encouraged. You know why? That means heaven's leaning close to us right now. That means that even if it requires angels to help us, God is going to do what it takes. Are you ready to see the hand of God come? We've got new opportunities and new challenges, and God's going to do everything that's necessary. Angels are around new territory. I've heard the accounts, uh, and we often hear these angelic visitations uh, on mission fields, on, on pioneering in new areas. But it's just, I can tell you, America is in need of some breakthrough, some breakout, some people that have never heard Jesus like, like never before. I believe we're going to see the miraculous power of God. One firsthand account from a missionary. This isn't hearsay, it's firsthand. Missionary family were traveling to a remote area. They were, they, they were passionate to get the gospel to, to an area that had really never heard the message of Jesus. It was a very unsafe area. It was known for, as the wilderness, dirt roads and getting out of these places where, where there was a large group of, of what we might call bandits, robbers, thieves, violent, vicious men who would kill and steal and really, really ran that unsupervised area. So they were praying and driving in their vehicle, hoping to get to these villages before nightfall. And the worst that could have happened, happened. Their, their vehicle broke down and they're stranded and isolated in a remote area. Nobody around a foreign country, a dangerous place. And all they can do is huddle in that truck and pray. During the night, they, they get through the night, and the next day they finally arrive at the village. And that evening, the, the peoples have gathered from all around to hear these missionaries talk about this man named Jesus. And as he begins to speak, these men start coming out of the shadows, stepping in the perimeter of where the people are. And he knows they're afraid and something's happening. So he asks his interpreter, what's going on? Who are these people? He said, these are the men you've been warned about. These are the men that rule with fear this whole area. Now they've come. Surely troubles come. And the people are afraid and are shaking. And these men have come and surrounded them. And one steps out and walks to the center. And he points to the missionary and he says, I want to talk to that man. And the interpreter says, tells him, and he says this to him, I want to know who you are. And I want to know where your men are. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, last night we came to rob you and kill your family. And as we approached your vehicle, this band of big, tall, mighty men stood shoulder to shoulder around you. And we couldn't get through. We want to know where they are. They weren't there that night, but they had been there the night before. The angels of God walked in and spared those men. God is close and near and will be where we need when we need it. No, I haven't been in that situation. You may have heard me tell this, but uh, probably this was probably 20 years ago, maybe 25. We had led a couple of men to Christ in the Decatur Work Relief Center. Last step for many men have been in prison back to, back to society. And as these couple of guys got saved, radically saved, a revival broke out in the work release. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We were bringing van loads of, of career criminals to church. <laughs> you, you know, God's with us. Come on, angels are with us. We were good. And, and these guys getting saved, 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 saved. I can tell you stories. I, 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 I'm going to tell you this, but I... But you just got to understand. One, see, these guys have never been to church. They've never been saved. They're so excited. One day they called me over after church. Pastor, they were so excited. They looked like little boys jumping in. A, pastor, pastor, we, we've been watching and thinking. We, we, we talked about it. And they said, you know, you, you're the pastor. 
what does somebody mean to your family? If somebody hurts your family, you, you can't, you know, you're the pastor. What can you do? They said, we just want you to know. We know people. I said, what? We know people. I said, they said, all you have to do is give us a name, pastor, and everything will be fine. And I said, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. I said, don't worry, it'll never get back to you. I said, no, we can't do that if nobody knows. We're Christian. They were so disappointed. They thought they were giving me a gift, you know. They said, well, now, I, I have to tell you, one time somebody was, guys wanted to hang around some of the, you know, granddaughter in, in my family. And so I told him that. I said, let me tell you a story. I said, I know some people in high places. And I know some people in low places. All I got to do is call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I, would, I, just, you know, I thought it just might help to get his attention. But I, so those guys wanted to be my angel. But let me tell you, one of those first guys that got saved, been in a prison all of his life, really his adult life, career criminal. When he's finally released, he's been serving God for two or three years there in that prison. God greatly used him. Couldn't get a job anywhere. He had no references. He had no background. So he put him on as a custodian at the church. One day I'm sitting in my office and I hear the door. I said, come in. Mike walked in. He said, hey, I got to show you my car. He said, I bought a car. I said, come on. We're walking to the car. He said, I've stolen a lot of cars, but I never bought one with my own money, Pastor. He's so excited. First legit car he'd ever driven. And he said, come on, come on. I want to take you for a ride. He wasn't new. He's just, you know, a little old car. We got in the car. This is when our main campus was on the Beltline Indicator. We drove about three blocks, and that thing, kapoom, kapoom, we're over the shoulder. He looked at me. I said, it's okay. It's okay. So we got out, walked around, and, and raised the hood. I don't know why we raised the hood. I can't fix a car. You, men do that. You understand? Men, we, you know, we got to act like we're a man, like... What am I going to do? I could, change, I could change the oil and put some water. But, you know, what am I going to do? But, you know, we're acting like men, so we raise the hood. So he and I are sitting there staring under the hood like we know what we're doing. And, and he's trying to start the car. And, you know, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, rad, I'm praying. You know, I can pray. I'm praying, kind of shaking the cables on the battery. I mean, it took me 10 seconds. I checked everything I knew. And he's trying to start the car. I don't know what to do. And I look up. I mean, it's the middle of the day, broad daylight. No trees around us, nowhere to go. I mean, just, you know, wide open, not much on the belt line in. And I look, here comes this guy jogging down the shoulder in dress clothes. He's not in jogging shoes or tennis shoes. He's jogging down the, jogging down the shoulder. I'm like, what's he doing? He gets to the car, slows down, he taps the hood. He said, it'll be all right. He kept trying. I said, try to start it. Boom, start right up. I turn around and look. That dude was gone. I mean, gone. There was nowhere to go. He couldn't have been 30 steps away from me. He was gone. I look up. You know, here, here was a young African-American man in his good clothes jogging down the, the shoulder. He taps the car says, it'll be okay. It starts, and then he's gone. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought, well, got a visit today. And, you know, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Why am I going through this? Because I want you to understand heaven's closer than you think right now. God's for you, not against you today. In a moment where things may be the toughest, God wants to get your attention and tell you, I'm in control. I'm going to work this thing out. Are you with me? You're tracking along with this. So what did the angel say to Joseph that day? What did he say? What did Joseph need to hear? Why did he come? Can can, can I tell you something? Let's be quite honest with this moment. Joseph loved this young woman. He had hopes and dreams. They were engaged. 
He knew that their relationship was godly and celibate. He knew that he had not done anything wrong. And yet she comes to him and says, I need to tell you something. I'm pregnant, but don't worry. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, come on. There's not a one of us in this room, including me, that would have believed that. Don't you look at me funny and act like all that. Really? Really? The Holy Spirit? Yes. Well, he didn't believe her because we just read he was going to break the engagement and put her away quietly. Can you imagine what that was like for him? He was devastated. He was betrayed by this woman he trusted and loved. He had dreams. He had hopes. He had plans. And she comes tell and tells him this crazy story. Not only is she pregnant, not only is it not his child, not only they're engaged, she blames God for it. He said, I've had enough. He said, you're not only a liar, you're crazy. He said, I can't, I can't be with you anymore. This is it. So he puts her away. And the angel comes to him. And the Bible says the angel came while he was dreaming. Do you know maybe sometimes you're so upset God can't get your attention? Maybe sometimes in your mind, this is too much for me moment. God's talking, but we can't hear him because we're talking about everything. So God had to wait till Joseph went to sleep. I wonder how many times heaven's speaking, but I'm not listening. So when he's asleep in a dream, the angel comes and says, Joseph, he says, Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What did he say in our language, in our terminology? What did the angel say to him in that verse? You know what the angel said to him? He said, Joseph, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to me. This is not what it looks like. That's what he said. This is not what it looks like. It's not what it appears. Now listen, I'm no angel and I don't claim to be an angel. But I believe God has sent me with a message today to tell you right now that you're looking at a situation in your life. We're looking at a situation as our country, as a church, as an individual, as a family. And I believe God wants to say, hey, I got a message for you. What you're looking at right now is not what you think it is. What's right in front of you is not how it appears. You know what the angel said to him? He said, Joseph, God's doing something here. How many heard what I just said? This thing looks big. This thing looks bad. But God's doing something right now. God's doing something bigger than you right now. Hear hear it this way. See, Joseph wanted a marriage. That was all he could see. That was what broke his heart. Joseph wanted a marriage, but God wanted to send a Messiah. You see, there was a plan bigger than Joseph's plan. Do you know God has plans bigger than our plans? Do you know God sees what you and I can't see? He said, Joseph, this is all you see, but I see something bigger. You're looking at right now, but I see something greater than you can imagine. If you trust me, I'm going to do something in this moment that you could never imagine. Maybe heaven has to talk to us because we have to do something bigger than ourselves. Maybe I need to be set free from me. How many heard what I just said? Maybe I need to be set free from me. Maybe my problem's not Mary. Maybe my problem's Joseph. Maybe my problem's not what you did. Maybe my problem is who I am.
Maybe God is saying to me, in this thing that looks like it's going to kill you, Joseph, I'm working. I'm for you. I'm in this. Don't give up. Don't go away. Don't miss what I'm doing in this moment. Sometimes life is bigger than me. It's bigger than my comfort zone. It's bigger than my limitations. It's even greater than my biggest dreams. And God loves us too much. For you and I to live little lives when he's got a great life for us to live. How many hear what I'm saying? Now, greatness isn't measured by how many know you and how much money you have. It's measured by doing the will of God. Sometimes his dreams are bigger than our dreams. Sometimes I have to be set free from my dream so I can live God's dream for my life. A few years ago, I told you this story. It's been a long time. It's not a story. It's an account. We had, I wish I could go through the details, I'll, I'll tell you sometime, but our church gave, gave a miraculous offering, the largest offering we'd ever given another ministry to help the Dream Center in Los Angeles, California. We have two Dream Centers now as a result of that seed we planted. Isn't God good? Can you say amen? But after we planted that huge seed, God gave us the largest single gift to this church we'd ever received. It was miraculous. Now, Tommy Barnett's Pastor of Phoenix First Assembly was uh, he and his son Matthew co-pastor of the Dream Center in Los Angeles, and and he'd become a great mentor and influence in my life. And he knew all about that story. Of course, we gave the gift to the the large seed we gave away to the Dream Center in Los Angeles, and and, and so uh, Pastor Barnett used to have there in Phoenix the largest pastor school in America. Seven thousand pastors and leaders would be in that building. It was amazing. We went many years. I brought a lot of people from the church with me. It was a faith stretcher. And Pastor Barnett said, uh, George, I want you to come and share your testimony to all these pastors. It's amazing what God did. I thought, man, what an honor. I want to help Pastor Barnett. I love him. I want to help him. I want to help the Dream Center. And I was praying. Now, listen, I'm talking about God's dreams bigger than your dreams. <laughs> and I said, Pastor, and boy, I was scared to say this. Man, my knees were shaking. My faith was stretched to the breaking point. But I felt like, I said, Pastor, I believe that there's something I, we can do here in this offering, and we can raise a million dollars for the Dream Center in this one offering. And I'm going to tell you, I was out, I wasn't on thin ice, I was just plain walking on water. You understand what I'm saying? I was out of my comfort zone. I, I felt like a foolish person making that statement, but I, I felt like I should. All right, God dreams bigger than your dreams. I just said the biggest thing ever came out of my mouth. And Pastor Barnett says, Pastor, I believe we can raise a million dollars in this offering. And he smiles, and he comes and puts his arm around me like spiritual father. Listen to me. He says, George, I really appreciate that. But let's not limit God today. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> no, I just threw out the biggest thing I ever dreamed of in my wildest imagination. And he puts his arm around me and says, let's not limit God. I said, Okay. I walked out and said, so that's how those guys operate, huh? That's how they think. So there you go. Can I tell you something? You know what I believe God wants to do for you today? I want, he wants to come put his arm around you right now. He wants to pull you over and say, listen, heaven wants to talk to you today. Are you listening to me, guys? And he wants to say to you right now, your dream's too small. Your dream's too small. He wants to put his arm around you today and say, let's don't limit God right now. You know what life does to it? It just tells you you're just a survivor. The greatest you'll ever do is survive. 
You're never going to be the same. You're going to carry the wound. You're going to limp. You're going to be broken. You're, going to, you're never going to be what you could have been. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, where you used to crawl, you're going to walk. Where you used to walk, you're going to run. Where you used to run, you're going to fly. You're not going to go back. You're going to go up. You're not going to go down. You're going to do greater. I believe God is saying, heaven's speaking to us right now. He's leaning into us right now. It's not time to give up. It's time to believe God. Your dreams, your hopes, everything. God is saying he's bigger than us. In those moments where we say, God, this is just too much. Joseph said, God, this is just too much. I don't want to think about Mary. I want to get rid of her. I'm so worn out. I just want to go home and go to sleep. This is too much for me. In the middle of that moment, God steps in and says, hey, Joseph, the Holy Spirit's working right now. Hey, Joseph, I'm still in control. Don't give up on your season. God's working in that right now. Look at Ephesians 3.20. I want you to see this with me from the Amplified Translation. The, the, the synonyms and the, the, the expansion of this is amazing. I want you to read it. What, read it. Watch this. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power. Okay. To God. In consequence of his power. That is working where? Say within us. Say within me. His power is working within me. Watch this is able, God is able to carry out his purpose and do, this verbiage is amazing, but it's a direct translation from what he spoke through the Holy Spirit, his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams does this grab anybody besides me come on what are the greatest dream you've ever had the greatest hopes you've ever had the biggest prayers you've ever prayed and the devil wants to say to you that's never going to happen you're never going to see it it's not going to work it's not going to come about it's not going to do that you've been praying for all your family to get saved you ought to be glad you're saved no you've been praying for them to be saved in the name of Jesus he's able to do what super abundantly far over and above all we dare to even ask or think about is anybody hearing me right now somebody rejected you and broke your heart and told you a lie and you don't think anyone will ever love you again or your life has no value or you don't matter to God I'm telling you today he was able with his purpose to do super abundantly far over and above all that you even dare to ask or think about you know why we don't believe this because we don't dare to give God the chance to do this kind of thing but I want you to see this word so he does us all we dare to ask or think infinite beyond our highest prayers desires Thoughts, hopes, or dreams. One of the words translated here for thought is the word conceive. I've read that in other translations. Listen to this. He's able to do more than you can conceive. What did the Holy Spirit tell Joseph? Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit. What you're struggling with is you know what man can do, but you've never met what God can do. Do you understand that God can conceive within you and me by the Holy Spirit something you've never even asked him to do? 
Do you realize that God can work in your life in a season where you think it's too much and he's willing, watch this, heaven is willing to take a seed from heaven and plant it in the earthly soil of your life and mine. In our frailness and weakness and limitation, God, listen, if we trusted God as much as he trusts us, We'd turn this world upside down for Jesus. He takes his best, plants it in us, and trusts us to see his will come about. He found a little virgin girl, planted a seed, conceived in her, and told Joseph, don't limit Mary, don't limit me, don't give up on this moment. I'm doing something right now that's greater than you can imagine. How many are ready to say, God, don't let me doubt what you're doing? Come on, let me see that. Some things only the Holy Spirit can conceive. Let's say it like this. Conception is from God, but reception is from us. I can't conceive it, but I can receive it or not. I can't, I'm not the author of it, but I can receive what God's doing. You know what? Joseph thought it was going to kill him, but it turned out to be what saved him. Do you know that moment looks like you're never going to make it, but it'll save you? Let me show you something. You have to see this before we pray. I want, this is still amazing to me. Look at verse 21. Let's look there again in Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son. <clears throat> Watch this. And who gives him the name? Do you see that? It's amazing. Do you know who named Jesus? Joseph did. Now, God said, this is what we call him in heaven, but you have to give him his earthly name. Wow. Heaven sees him as Savior. He's Jesus. His purpose and plan is to save. I want you to come on, church family. You got to take some ownership. He said, but you name him. Here's what heaven says. What do you say? Here's what I call him. What do you call him? Here's my plan, but what are you going to do with the plan? Do you know you and I have literally, when God moves in our life and connects with us, God says, you call your season. You name this season. See, right now, as you're walking through some things that are very real and very, and very, very tough in this, in this season, I want to say to you in the name of Jesus, listen to me right now. You stop saying, this is going to be a bad Christmas, and you start saying, I call this Christmas blessed by Almighty God. I call this season salvation by Almighty God. You name the season. He said, heaven says Savior. What do you say? Heaven says Jesus. What do you say? You're the Father. You name the season. Do you know what you name your season gives the identity to your season? Do you know that's so powerful that God gives you and I that place? Joseph, what are you going to call him? What are you going to give him? God, what am I going to say about this? Listen, I, I don't know why some people get sick with the coronavirus and some people don't. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why some Christians get it and some Christians don't. I don't know why some crazy people get it and, and good people don't. I don't know why people being careful get it and people that act. I can't say act like a fool in church, can I? So I'll say people that don't act right get it. I don't have an answer to that. But I'm going to tell you something. This is what I'm going to say every day about my walk through 2020. Then I'm going to trust God. I'm just going to say, in the name of Jesus, I pray Psalm 91. I call my season Psalm 91. I call my family Psalm 91. I call this church family Psalm 91. I call the angels. I declare God. I say the blood of Jesus. I declare it. On Sunday morning, the 20th, our Sunday before Easter, we've already called it. Christmas isn't canceled. What we're saying, what we're doing, what we're decreeing, the identity 
of this season. We're saying, God, it's a big season. It's a big mountain. It's a big challenge. But we call it what you call it. We say it is Jesus. We say it is salvation. We say it is healing. How many hear what I'm saying today? That's what God asks us to do. You name it. You give it the identity. And we praise and celebrate God. I want you to see this before we pray. Four times the angel spoke to Joseph during this time. And the thing that amazes me, you've got to get this. Four times the angel spoke to him. And every time prophecy, scripture, had already declared what was going to happen. God is already ahead of us in this moment right now. Watch this. 700 years before Mary conceived through the Holy Spirit and Joseph needed an angel to visit him, the prophet Isaiah said, we read it, the virgin shall conceive. But God has to speak to Joseph and say, it's my will, Joseph, take it. And then his actions lined up with the word of God. After they were in Bethlehem and the baby was born, the angel spoke to him and said, you need to go to Egypt because Herod wants to kill the baby. So he goes down to Egypt. Do you know when it was time to come back, an angel appeared to him in Egypt and says, it's time for you to go back. Do you know why he went to Egypt to hide? Because the word of God had prophesied by Hosea, I will call my son out of Egypt. Wow. Do you know that when they were on their way back to Israel, they again were warned by an angel and said, don't go here, go to Galilee and to Nazareth. Do you know why? Because the prophet in the Old Testament had already said he'll be called a Nazarene. What am I saying? I'm saying that God already knows his plan for us. I'm saying the word is already established. I'm saying as we allow God to guide us and lead us in the tough moments, we'll step right into the will of God in our life. I'm saying it like this according to Psalm 139. While we were in our mother's womb, the Bible says God began to write the story of our life on the pages of heaven. You and I have a choice. The conception is from God, but the reception is mine. Do you know that God has a plan for every day of your life, but if I choose, I can walk away from that. I can live my plan. I can live the devil's plan. But if I will listen when heaven leans in close to me, like right now in this moment while you're watching, while you're here, if you're not a Christian, the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. He's speaking to you right now. He's saying, come on home to Jesus. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. Life is hard, but it's going to be blessed. I'm going to walk with you. Why? Because in your mother's womb, I didn't write alcoholic, drug addict, failure, criminal, dis, uh, you know, depressed, discouraged. I wrote child of God, daughter of God, son of God, walk with God, purpose of God, move in the will of God. I already said it. And if you will obey me, I'll walk you right into that place. Heaven's leaning in. Heaven is speaking to us. Heaven's talking to us. God is saying, I have a purpose and a plan, and I chose you to be part of it. I have a purpose and a plan, and I want you to step into the middle of it. I want our worship team to join me. We're gonna, we, we have to respond to this message. I'm way early, so relax, okay? I want you to respond to this message. I, I, I believe we've been taught so much in the American church that we need to take time and start applying what we've been taught. Christianity is not just mental education. It's the truth of the word lived out through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many hear what I'm saying? We need to walk this thing out. Joseph said, God, this is too much for me. 
And he said, Joseph, this is not how it appears. God, I don't know what to do. He said, you need to trust me. I'm doing something in this moment. Family of God, God's doing something in this moment. God's working when you can't see him working. God's moving when you can't see him moving. Do you know right now those prodigal sons and daughters you're praying for, do you know heaven's leaning in close to them right now? God's talking to them. Oh, they're not going to tell you. They're under conviction. But heaven's leaning in with them. You know, the last few months before I was saved, I knew my mother and dad had to be praying and fasting for me. Because I was away from home. I was living on my own. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't praying. I wasn't worshiping. I was running from God. Boy, when I'd lay down in my bed tonight, at night, and get still, the voice of the Holy Spirit. George, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going with yourself? What are you doing? I didn't call my mom and say, guess what? Just want you to know I'm really under conviction right now. But God was talking to me. You know those prayers you're praying? God's speaking to those people. God's dealing with their hearts. God's beginning to draw them in. Do you know the things that you're looking for in your life and saying, God, how do I get all of this in order? Do you right now, God already knows what the order is. He's just saying, trust me, and we're going to step into this thing. You know the prayer you're praying, and you don't know how it's going to happen? God already knows how it's going to happen. God already has the answer to what's going to happen. And he's saying, just trust me in this time. Heaven's speaking to us. Heaven's speaking to us. I'm not an angel, but I'm a messenger today. And God is saying to us right where we are, I've got this. I'm working in this. The Holy Spirit's doing something bigger than you. Trust me. I want you to stand. Come on, let's stand together. Let's don't leave, but let's stand. I want us to respond to God. I want us to say to him, God, here's my life. I want us to say to him, God, I trust you. You know what God says? It's way too soon to give up. Way too soon to give up. God said, Joseph, I need you to call him Jesus. I need you to steward this miracle I'm about to do. I need you to walk with me through this moment. I need you to realize I'm doing something bigger than you are. I need you in this moment right now. Are you listening to me, guys? You know, God wants to do something through you bigger than you realize. God wants to use you in a way that you can never imagine. What's great in the eyes of heaven might not look big on earth, but it's okay. You know, I've always wondered... I've read it. I know his name, but if, I bet right now if I'd give you $100, you couldn't tell me who led Billy Graham to Christ. But I know who it was. It was a Sunday school teacher when he was eight years old. And you never hear about him. I think he's pretty great in the eyes of God. <laughs> because if he hadn't led Billy Graham to the Lord, those millions of people who have been saved wouldn't be saved. And so maybe his moment, who knows what that Sunday school teacher was walking through during that time. Well, if you teach a little boy Sunday school class, you probably want to quit every Sunday. <laughs> but evidently, God said to that man, listen to me. He said, I know it looks like too much, but I'm in this. I'm working by my spirit. You know that rowdy little William Graham that comes in and out? Yeah, I know Billy. Hang in there with Billy. I got a plan for Billy. Hang in for this situation. I'm going to do something. Do you know right now that thing that looks impossible to you? I want to tell you something. I believe God's saying, don't you walk off from this right now. I'm about to do something here. I'm working through my spirit. It's not too big for me. It looks big for you. It's not too big for me. I want to go to that second song we sang today and, 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 and worship. And it kind of starts off with some, you know, the words say, you, maybe you can relate to them. God, I need to hear from you. <laughs> I'm kind of getting overwhelmed right now. But there's going to be breakthrough. There's going to be breakthrough. How many believe that? How many believe? See, see, this is what excites me. 
the walls of Jericho, God already saw them down before the people did. You got me? God already had the answer. You know, when Moses standing at the Red Sea and the army's behind him, what are we going to do? God already had the sea parted in heaven. He just needed somebody to walk up to it and believe him. Are you understanding? So I want to say to you today, God's got this moment in your life. God's big enough for this moment. I want us to begin to just make this place an altar. Will you do that for me? Make your home an altar. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.